Hello and welcome to That Geek Pod. I'm Catherine and today I have two guests. That's right, two guests. So I've got Matt Turbo, Turban, stuffed up already, (laughs) who you know and love from um, episodes of Spelt Out and, of course, we party together in Chicago for celebration and Sean from Blue Panther Milk. How are you going, guys? Very good. Thanks for having us on. Yeah, no, this has been it, it was it was great to have an excuse to uh watch Mad Max. Frankly. <laughs> it was that was really cool. Yeah. Like, yeah. I so yes, we um are jumping in and <laughs> yes, so I made a confession a few weeks ago in our little group chat that I had not watched a Mad Max, which I felt betrayed you know, my position as an Australian, that I had not seen a Mad Max. But I was very aware of them. It's sort of impossible not to be aware of Mad Max having grown up in Australia Hmm. in the 80s and 90s. What about you, Turbo? Did you have that? Yeah, well, um, I spoke to my wife and she she only recalls seeing Mad Max 3, the Beyond Thunderdome one with (laughs) Tina Turner, so... She hadn't seen them either, um, so there's nothing to, nothing to worry about, Catherine. Um, yeah, uh, it was it was good to watch it again. Um, I just finished watching it about an hour ago, uh, so uh, it's fresh in my mind. <laughs> Shorten, what about you? Like growing up, I um yeah, I think the because I obviously I grew up in England, so like the equivalent for me is like um, I guess it'd be like James Bond. Like I've seen yeah. J- like. Until a few years ago, I did a big project and I watched every James Bond film from 1 to 24, 25, however many there were. And what was interesting was how much I just sort of like culturally knew, if you know what I mean. Like, so there were definite Bond movies that I hadn't watched from beginning to end. But just like growing up in England, I was like, wait, I know this. I know that line. I know this sequence and stuff like that. Like it was so culturally ingrained which is probably the same as Mad Max over here. Like it's such a such a big part of the of the culture. I I watched the first one when I was a kid. Um, we were staying in Yorkshire with some of my family, and my cousins watched it with me, and it scared the shit out of me. Like I um, the scene with Goose when he's all burnt that oh. that, that hurt it was horrific. And then I didn't watch Road Warrior until I was in my late twenties. And then I don't think I've actually seen Thunderdome. I realized the other day. Wow. And Fury Road's one of my favorite movies. <laughs> so it's it's a real <laughs> weird ride. Yeah. So so, so growing up, my uh, my dad was a cop, um, and he was also a diesel mechanic. So he's very much <laughs> into cars, and uh, his trade was a diesel mechanic. Very much into cars, and um, there was always at least Mad Max Two and Mad, uh, Beyond Thunderdome was always a VHS at my house since I can remember, but I don't recall us ever having the first one. So um, throughout the years, uh, I guess the first one is the one that I know the least, but I, mm, I still yeah. knew about it. Um, and, yeah, it's just kind of embedded in in what, you know, it's what Australian is and, and everything. And another bit of trivia um, is just up the road, uh, I went to my son's uh, local high school as a boys' school for a, an open day because he was going to high school. It was Ask With The Boys. And one of the things they mentioned during their speech about the school and previous people was that Mel Gibson went went to Ask With The Boys <laughs> High School. Um, and he went there apparently in year to 11 and 12. But prior to that, 
he went to this Catholic school just down the road, a couple of suburbs away. And, and the rumor is that he got kicked out of Catholic school um, to go to a local <laughs> public school. Um, so imagine that uh, Mel Gibson getting kicked out of a Catholic school and then going on to make Passion of the Christ. Do you think that's why he made Passion of the Christ? He was sort of like, yes, I've, gotta, I've got to get this stricken off my permanent record. Like, I've got to get back in the good books. Yeah. So, oh. so yeah, he, it was he, he was born in America, but I think he came out here when he was 12 or so and went to this sort of area where I live yeah. in the north of Sydney. So, Yeah, because his Australian accent, I think, does he actu- actually, like, you know, develop an Australian accent, but his actual accent that he would talking is American, or is his like did he learn yeah. an Australian accent? Did I? I'd say I... probably there's some American there from his you know growing up as a kid, yeah. but then growing up as a teenager in Australia, that would sort of sort you out pretty quick with yes. the Australian accent. <laughs> growing up um, in Australia in the seventies. Yes. Yeah. Well, the thing was, obviously, he was always sort of Australian in like the 80s and 90s. And then when he had his fall from grace, everyone was like, the Americans were saying he's Australian. The Australians were saying he's American. Like, no yeah. one wanted to, no one wanted to lay claim to Mel Gibson. Yeah. Yeah. Like, there's various times we claim Russell Crowe. And then mm. there's times when we say, no, he's a Kiwi. He's a Kiwi. But in, in this film, the first one, he's got a very neutral accent compared to. And c- compared to like Toe Cutter's Gang, it's very Australian, thick yeah. Australian sort of. Uh, we would use the term bogan, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> if, I don't know if bogan was a term back then, um, but yeah. It's yeah, it, I'm sure it was a term, but it's, yeah, that very ochre Australian, mm. like Steve Bisley, was very Australian, and mm. I know that this movie was redubbed um, when it was released in America with all Americans. Um, because it would have been incomprehensible, apparently. Um, and that was something, again, that I just knew from the zeitgeist. But mm. having watched it, I'm sort of understanding a bit where they came from because especially that first half hour or so, I was like, what is going on? Mm. Yeah. It was... I watched it with subtitles. <laughs> yeah. <Don't>. The, yeah. <laughs> yeah. As a parent, we, I generally watch movies with subtitles these days. Same. <laughs> um, I watched it actually on my on my phone. On um, so I was in work on Friday, Thursday, Friday. So I watched mm-hmm. half an hour on the way in, half an hour on my lunch break, half an hour on the way home, and I was like, "This is great. <laughs> this is a great way to live." Um, <laughs> but what's what I think is really interesting that I, I noticed, and I noticed the first time. Actually, I watched this movie quite recently for when I used to have a podcast. Uh, the podcast was all like you'd have a TV show and you'd watch the first episode and the last episode. You'd talk about it. Yeah. And then um, at the end of each like season, we'd do a movie special. So we did do um, a Mad Max. So we watched Mad Max and then we watched Fury Road. And the thing that really stuck out to me that was really weird was the Bogan Aussie accents all sort of come from the cops. But then all the sort of biker gangs are quite posh and effeminate yeah. aren't they you know what i mean which i think is just fascinating yeah. like how the baddies are all very like dancing especially and, has a yeah. has and a toe cutter yeah, yeah. yeah like he's yeah. he's so that shakespearean like, yes just like a shakespearean actor and like bubba as well is all very um calm and robotic and very like very posh and then you've got like 
Johnny the boy, who's obviously just incomprehensible. <laughs> like the guy's just <laughs> no idea what he's saying. Like, but yeah, no, I think that's really interesting because like the the cops are such bogans, and then the the bikers are like fresh off the stage. I really like that. Yeah, like Toe Cutter is such a I don't want to say eccentric performance, but it's a very mm. yeah theatrical and very unique performance. I you kind of go all right, all the so many villains that we see now in movies, you go, Toe Cutter was like early on. You, you see those lines, don't you? I, mm. I can't think of anything before that that is really similar. Yeah, because a lot of baddies are like big and, and, and sort of like monstrous and stuff. And he's like very monstrous in how quiet he is and just yeah. like very ruthless and all that and it's it's interesting obviously because that actor will then eventually plays the villain in fury road a completely different character and then he is a big monstrous loud <laughs> character like and he plays the two the two versions but yeah no it's really cool i think it's an amazing performance like i know that that actor passed away this year or last year but like those the two mad max performances are, are fantastic but toe cutter is just i love his hair yeah. i just love everything about yeah. it like i think it's amazing Yeah, it's it's a unique look, and yeah, as as you say that that voice as well, and yeah, out of a bikey gang who are you know hanging out by the beach, shooting guns. Um, is that Seaford Beach? Did I read that right? As in, yeah, yeah Seaford does not look like that anymore. No, no, it's it's. Yeah, it's all Geelong and, and Melbourne, I think. Like, I know mm. the the one I always remember is just that the the police station um, is Melbourne University car park. Like, you can go down into that, and that still looks exactly the same. Um, but yeah, there's a there's a. I think actually, Turbo, you sent it to me. There's a there's a link, isn't it? And it's a map of where yeah all the things are, and they're all quite local. You could just you could go for a drive yeah. now and get see them all in an hour. Like, I think. Um where they went to get that ice cream with the kid. What's the kid's name? Sprog? Yeah. Um, yeah. Sproggo. Um, I think that's Avalon. Is that right? Poss- possibly Avalon down there. That, yeah. yeah I, that, I used to have to go for my old job, drive out to a school in Avalon. And yeah, you do drive. Like it's, that was the thing when I was watching it on, on the phone. And I was like, this looks so familiar. This does look like Avalon High School, like that long sort of um, long dirt road in the middle of nowhere, like, um, and and the yeah. town where the bikies show up is uh, is Clunes, where they have the big book festival every year, and apparently that looks exactly yes. the same. Like the that that has not changed <laughs> at all in nineteen was it nineteen seventy nine to now, which is like a good forty years. But yeah, yeah. It's funny though because it's years? supposed to be yeah, like <laughs> sometime in the near future, a po- apocalyptic movie, but it it's really just seventies Australia. It's yeah. Yeah. So. Um, yeah. It's. <laughs> it's funny, you know, because me knowing Mad Max from the Zeitgeist, I know this know it as this yeah post apocalyptic movie. But mm. you sort of, if you watch it, and without that title card at the beginning, there's nothing about it that really screams post apocalyptic. Because there's yeah. television, you know, there's some form yeah. of functional society, the society. that there's yeah a, a court that Johnny Boy goes to and gets off and, 
Yeah, but it's exactly. almost like a prequel. Like, uh, like I said before, I, I, I probably saw this movie bef- um, after Mad Max Two and Beyond Thunderdome, so it was kind of like a prequel to me when I first saw it as a kid. It was like I knew it existed because it was. I saw Mad Max Two first, and that was kind of the the Mad Max I re- I related to first. But going back, it was like here's here's the origin story of Max, and and then yeah. the whole yeah losing his family and and what sets him off in his sort of PTSD and and everything. Mm. Well, yeah. apparently the the making of was basically that they just wanted to make the movie as was, but they didn't have enough money for like extras and locations, so they were like, "Let's just say the world's ended, so there's nobody around, and that's that's just how we'll do it." Yeah, and then obviously it's become the the sort of end of the world movie, isn't it? Like the series is such a um, classic of that genre, but but it was just done because it was like, "Well, oh, we haven't got enough money to actually." hire anyone so i think i was reading before that the budget the budget Mm. was four hundred thousand dollars yeah and it was the most profitable movie for for quite a long time there because it was i think it made a hundred million dollars um and i think they just hired real biker gangs as well Um, yeah some some of those were yeah not actors and and also guerrilla filmmaking just like doing it and then very quickly just like like get the cars off the road and move on to the next one. And I, I read on IMDb and this is such an Australian thing. And I love it where they were like illegally shutting down roads to do these crashes and trying to stay one step ahead of the police. And eventually the police caught up with them and were like, what are you doing? Like, oh, we're making this movie and we're doing this, this, this. And they were like, Oh, do you want us to shut off some roads for you then? And then the, the police were like, just helping them do it just on the sly. Like, cause they thought it was going to be a cool movie. It's like, yeah, that's such a, you, that would never happen in England. You'd never have got that, you know, but it's such an Australian (laughs) thing in the 70s. Just be like, oh, mate, that sounds great. (laughs) You know, let's let's shut it down. Yeah, the the cops here just going, oh, yeah, sounds like fun. Let's play along. Yeah, brilliant. (laughs) Do you want some sirens? You know. (laughs) And, of course, this was George Miller's, was it like his first um, Mm. Direct, yeah, yeah. I think he had maybe a short film, but it was his first full feature length. And you know, I don't know heaps about you know filmmaking, but it was a very visual and strikingly visual style. Like the long roads, you really felt felt mm. it, and it was amazing. And I think, yeah, I read on again on IMDb that because he was working as an emergency room doctor, all the injuries were what he had seen yeah. or based on what he had seen so they were realistic but what i did not like was the zooming on eyes like bulging out of their heads yeah that was gross <laughs> that was good that was gross <laughs> <laughs> but he, and he goes back to that a few times like a couple of characters die and you have like a flash of that with the big eyes and yeah yeah that's brilliant <laughs> it, it, it was bordering on a horror movie at times it was just very disturbing like you wouldn't say it's a horror movie but it was definitely disturbing yeah, um, it's traumatic. <laughs> I mean, especially the yeah you know, the the family dying and the yeah. you know, that yeah, that last go. scene on the where they get run down, um, just with the the shoe going and the ball going down the road and yeah, that, and yeah. and yet you don't really see anything. No, in that scene you see nothing. It's you see him you see him drop to the, drop to his knees in the distance and yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's good. A lot of the sort of like heavy violence is implied, isn't it? But yeah. that's worse than actually seeing yeah. them try and put together like a 70s prosthetic. Like a lot of it is like when 
Max like lifts the thing and looks at Goose and he sees his face and it just has that like that kind of like dramatic zoom in on his face. You're like, oh god, yeah, I don't need to see what he's seeing. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm good. Like. Yeah, you know. So yeah, Goose, Steve Beasley, you know, get used to playing a cop, Steve Beasley. That's the rest <laughs> of your career. <laughs> Typecast. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and there were a few other sort of actors who you go, I know you, I know you, from just various Australian things. Yeah, but you don't quite know their name. You don't you don't recall no. what they're on. Yeah. No, because they're just that guy in everything. But mm. it was it was sort of funny because the night before I watched this. I was flicking around and went, oh, Lorenzo's oil. I've seen this heaps and heaps of times. I'll put it on and and watch this for a bit. Of course, that's directed by George Miller as well. So I had two nights of George Miller, very contrasting movies. And you've also got Happy Feet as well. Yes. Babe, Pig in the City. Like he does Witches of Eastwick. Like he's got a weird kind of – like his new movie that's coming out is about – I think Idris Elba plays a genie. You know, I think that's that's a movie he's got coming out this year or next year before he does Furiosa. Like, he's he's an interesting dude because he like makes these quite intense car crash movies or like family dramas and family <laughs> comedies. There is two speeds. That's it. Uh, yeah, he's great. Yeah, like um, so you know, in that first section of the film, I was there going. What is going on? I couldn't quite figure out the storyline and who was who or really what was going on. But it's funny that you start in that sense of confusion, but then at a certain point you go, oh, yeah, okay, he's got away with, with murder and and then they've got seeking revenge on the cops who who arrested him and then Max and his wife and kid go off on the road for you know in a panel van how hmm. australian in a panel oh, van and Iconic. not a seatbelt to be seen no no just the kids just in the back just yep. like just sat in the back of the, the thing 70s parenting and, and the kid just vanishes for large parts of the story like they will just sort of go off on their yeah. own and then you're like where's, just... where's sprague you know i just left him under the tree like yeah uh, yeah (laughs) there was a point where i where i went hang on wasn't there a kid yeah no i did that though i had their house by the the ocean and i swear there was a kid then they go driving off into the country did they just leave the kid oh no now they're living with lizzie from prisoner (laughs) <laughs> that's right. <laughs> Lizzie from Prisoner. That's deep cut there. Yeah. But, yeah, no, the kid just appears when the kid needs to be there. Because there is, yeah, there's a whole sequence where they go and they drive somewhere and they get out and then they go and they have a swim in the lake and they have a little sunbathe and all that. And you're like, you've got a kid. Where's the kid? You know, is the kid just in the panel van? They only have, like, a couple of hours where they had the kid, like, to work. Like, he was on equity so he was like no 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 i don't work on weekends yeah and the dog as well the dog wasn't there very often as well sort of came in and out of the picture don't get me started on that dog yeah dog appears long enough to 
to leave them Dugger. to leave the, the mortal. The coil. second they adopted that dog, I was like, "Don't anything happen to that dog? No, you're going to kill the dog, aren't you?" Like, it, it's a bit of a theme in other films as well. Hmm. Yeah, so they adopted this dog, and the dog didn't serve the story in any way. Didn't do anything. I think it was just killed. Yeah. No, don't don't kill a doggo. Oh, that well, was upsetting. It's, it's such a weird thing, isn't it, to watch like movies in the seventies when they just do not give a shit. They'll just <laughs> kill a kid, kill the wife, kill the dog. It's just like, yeah, no, there's no sort of last minute reprieve. No, like, you know, the the opening of Twister where the dog manages to like get out of the house and get into the storm shelter. It's like, no, 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 that dog's done. Because the seventies, you're like, yeah, whatever, things happen, <laughs> bikers. <laughs> If feet weird Shakespearean bikers will kill a dog, get over it, society. Yeah. Yeah, it was upsetting. Hmm. Wait till you see Mad Max 2. Oh. Hmm. It's no. cattle dog. Yeah, Miller never loses that sensibility. Like, we're even like getting into Fury Road, there's a few characters who get killed, and you're like, hmm, that's against the rules. You're not allowed to do that. <laughs> So yeah, now he's uh, he's kept it. He hasn't kind of like gone all Spielberg and gone all soft. So yeah, he's still in his seventies, still killing, killing whoever he wants to kill. I have to say, with the car crashes, there was a moment where I went, "Oh, this is like an ad from the TAC." Mm. You know those original eighties and nineties car yep. crash ads, where it was that real visual you see everything that happens, which mm. stays with you, Sean. It stays with you. We we had a sort of watered-down version in England, but um, a few months ago uh, we were we had people around our house and they hadn't heard of them, so the next minute they were on YouTube and we watched a bunch of them. And you're just like, yeah, no, this is, they really, I mean, for people listening to those who don't know what they are, what is a TAC advert? <laughs> Talk me through it. <laughs> well, I think the first one that I remember, and I think it's one of the first, is they they didn't tell the hospital they were doing this, but they put on makeup on these people like they were being in a car accident and they went into a hospital emergency room and it was like meant to be the aftermath of a car crash and then they talked to actually like doctors and nurses about, you know, drinking and driving and and people dying. It was hmm. just and the um, tagline is if you drink then drive, you're a bloody idiot. Yeah. And so, yeah. it's it's it was that blunt and that in your face and they continue to be in your face. So there's I was sort of looked up one last night and he, a car, low speed crash, but going in a, into a pedestrian and you see the person flying over the um, yep. the mm. bonnet and the windshield. Um, and, you know, all the ones of, you know, young people in cars then slamming into poles and you see them in the car or ha- then at the end hanging out of the car. Um, Through a windshield. Three yep. windshields, um, families and then, crying, yep. doctors puking, just the full the full headline. 
And one of the ones, again, I remember is um, this crash, after a crash scene, cops, an ambulance on site and then the parents rocking up and the mum running across the road and cradling the body of this this young man and just crying, my boy, give me back my boy. And, and yeah. We're just on yeah. commercial television, weren't they? Yes. Like, yeah. We used yes. to have a show in England called, oh, what was that called? Um, on TV with Tarrant or something like that. And it was yeah. like this Sounds show would be Chris Tarrant, <laughs> who was like a game show host. And he would like go, here's some wacky commercials from around the world. Here's one in Spain where they get their tits out. And here's one in Greece. And, and then halfway through, he'd always be like, and now something a bit more somber, and they'd show a TA, TAC advert, and yeah. we were all like, and then it would go to commercial break, and then it would come back, and it'd be back to like, here's one in Italy, in Italy where this guy gets his butt out, you know. And I just remember that being like, oh my god, that is messed up because they were always like, yeah, just always harrowing. You just kind yeah. of watch them and just be like hollowed out by them. Um, so yeah, what were we talking I, th- about? I think I was Perfect. telling, <laughs> I think I was telling you guys that. As my dad was a cop and he was the first, he was doing the random breath testing for the first time, the pilot program in New South Wales. And he used to do the same thing, but he used to bring photos home and say, literally those words, you show me the photos of like mangled up cars and like blood Mm -hmm. everywhere. He said, this is what happens when you drink drive. And I'm like, I'm sold. I'm I'm not going to drink drive. I'm out. Done. Yeah. (laughs) So. Scarred for life. Yeah. yeah, As you would be. The makers. Of those ads, they were watching. They're watching Mad, Mad Max. Max. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah, the, the, that opening thing with the Night Rider, who I think is just that whole that whole sequence is incredible. Like every one of those crashes is, you know, obviously it's nineteen seventy nine. There's no CGI or anything. So when those cars go straight through the caravan, they actually got a caravan, got a car, and said, "Okay, let's see what happens if one hits the other." And it does make for like some quite fucking hell moments like like oh my god that's like just incredible like um which i do it's it's nice to have it in the abstract isn't it to be like oh yeah this is this is just a movie but at the same time you do think okay so that's what happens if those two things hit each other yeah you know yeah Yeah. you almost wonder if if george miller as his emergency room doctor was he was yeah telling a story but he was also like don't don't be an idiot in a car this is yeah. what happens. Yeah, definitely. Actually, one thing I noticed on rewatch, and this is just something strange I thought of, um, you know, at the end how he gets shot in the leg or, or he, he's limping, right? Yeah. He, I think it's his left leg. When he gets back in the car, I'm like, how is he driving? How is he, how is he pushing the clutch in? Um, and then I remembered back in the first scene, one of the interceptors that he was driving, the, the police um, interceptors, the, I think the yellow ones, it's actually an automatic. Ah. So, and it was, they had a specific scene where it was literally an automatic shift. And I went, oh, it doesn't need the clutch. doesn't need his go. left leg. They were all over it. Problem solved. Fantastic. <laughs> they'd, they'd thought it through. Yeah. Because yeah. it was always a thing in the 70s and 80s, on like even yeah, when I was learning to drive, basically we were told you have to drive a manual. So everything, all the cars back then were manuals. So I just found it kind of weird that there was a automatic yeah. Car, right? oh, oh, yeah. I was definitely told, no, you have to learn to drive a manual. Yeah. You know, what if you're stuck in the middle of nowhere and the only car is a manual? Like, that's what yeah. everyone was told. 
Yep. Yeah. I, I, I can't drive a manual. I only learned to drive like four years ago. So I only I can only drive automatic. And it was That's never sort of like, yeah. We have never automatic cars as well, but it was just, a, I think it was a 80s, 90s thing or, yeah. I think so, yeah. Like, I know like when my mom got like her first automatic car in England, she was like, why have I wasted so much time shifting gears <laughs> when I could just yeah. be doing this? What a waste of my life. It's like, yeah, fair enough. Well, the thing that got me to change, well, my car was getting older, but also this was when um, my right shoulder was completely stuffed up. So I was mm. driving, holding onto the steering wheel with my left hand and then having to do quick hand movements to change gears. Oh, my God. Yeah, that's safe. Yeah, Jesus. No, it's yeah. Automatic's the way of the future. It is. Well, self self driving is the way of the future, but yeah, <laughs> yeah, self driving apparently, yeah. Um, but yeah, but yeah, no that that opening with um, Night Rider, where it's just nonsense, you know, where it's like I'm a rocker, I'm a roller, and all that kind of stuff. Again, it's such a kind of, uh, and you'll see this, Catherine, as you go through the series. Like, it's such a Mad Max thing of these baddies with these weird names, and they just have these like mantras and stuff, and it's just it's great. I I love George Miller's world building. Like I love his sort yeah. of like creating a world where that's part, you know, that's the opening sequence. It's like, right, we're going to very quickly establish what this is about. Here's the cops. The baddies are a bit insane, but there's this one cop who's really good. Okay. But, and then it kind of expands out from there and you get all like slang that, because the thing is, I don't know how much of the slang is Aussie slang and how much is like future slang. Because I know like in Fury Road at one point, um, a character says to another one to fang it, to go fast. And I remember talking to people on Twitter and they were like, oh, I love how he's invented all this slang. You're like, no, 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 <laughs> that, that's, that's an Aussie thing. That's yeah. an Aussie thing, yeah. So yeah, so there was a few of them where I was just like, oh, I don't know if like, because he keeps, they keep describing one character as a scrubber or, or something like that. Johnny the Boy is a scrubber or something. And I was like, I don't know what that means. A I'm pretty sure different. that's an Australian expression. Yeah. It might be an older one that that I don't use, but it's mm. definitely an Australianism. Okay, and I think I think they use the ducks guts. I think it was like last of the V eight interceptors. She's the ducks guts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I think even Sprog, the kid's name Sprog. That's 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 a nick. Well, that's a that's a saying for kid for a kid. Your kids are yeah. just a bunch of Sprogs. Yeah, and we have. Yeah, we who have knows that. what the real name is? <laughs> yeah, that was the thing as well. Is like we have Sprog in England, and I remember watching it and being like, "Oh yeah, Sprog, Sprog, Sprog." And then obviously, as the film goes on, you're like, "Oh no, the kid's name's Sprog," because <laughs> when they say the Sprog and then Sprog, and then in the end, she's actually just shouting for him. You're like, oh, "Okay, they just didn't bother." <laughs> they were like, "You know what? The kids, the kid's name's Sprog. It's fine. Sprog Rokotowski or whatever his surname is. Rokotansky, yeah. We're Tansky, sorry. It was sort of funny for me to learn that he has a last name hmm. or had anyway because obviously I just know him as Mad Max to watch it and he gets referred to as this last name. It's like, oh, okay. I don't but, think it's mentioned in two or any other ones, so I think this hmm. is the only time it's mentioned. It's definitely not in, in Fury Road. He's just Max in Fury Road, I think, and I don't know. It's been a while since I've watched it. And I haven't watched Thunderdome, have I? Which is which is a bit messy. I part. noticed there was a saxophone in here that I've forgotten about. I think she she plays yes. the saxophone, and that that comes up in other future movies. 
Yeah. <laughs> it's it, um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. That that bit I was just sort of like, what's happening? <laughs> what's what's happening now? But the the singer. No, when oh, Matt no. is like he's having a beer or something, and he's just sat at the yeah. table, and and Jesse is just playing the saxophone. Oh, that's right. Yeah, and he's just watching it. And then, like, obviously, yeah, later on, there's the singer with the singer with Goose, isn't there? Which kind of she distract well, unknowingly distracts him while they sabotage they sabotage his bike, don't they? Do they? Yeah, 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 so. yeah. 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 So, um, yeah, but yeah, no, it's very cool. So, what were your initial what were your initial thoughts, Catherine, on yeah. the overall? Yeah, that first chunk, I was like, "Yeah, what what is going on? I don't understand the story." But it had such a style about it, and and you can see how it's influenced so many other movies that have come after it that that it's sort of impossible to divorce that in some ways but I mean I'm not a big car person but it was very to watch the yeah, these 70s car crashes that weren't big explosions mm. because car crashes aren't big explosions you know they're they're they are that physical hit but um there's no big explosions or Oh yeah, great big jumps over bridges, which I was sort of expecting. I have to admit, I was expecting like those typical car crash, more Dukes of Hazard sort of style, or more yeah. like Fast and the Furious kind of like physics defying nonsense. <laughs> Look, if we get Mad Max in space, that would be great. <laughs> um, and yeah, you know, I, I did have to have a giggle at yeah the Spotswood um, buildings, Melbourne University like underpass or car park, and definitely the road down to Geelong. I'm like, I know that bridge. You, you need a little river. Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah, it was. I can see how it would have made a huge impact on. A cinema at the time hmm. that what what a different looking and feeling movie um but yeah like that but also you think okay someone went to the trouble of putting american voices throughout the entire thing dubbing the whole thing in into american um so they must have also seen oh there's a market here we can hmm. make something so yeah it's it's amazing um but mel gibson so this was his pretty much one of his very early roles i think he may have done a couple of bits before that but then he went on to of course he had mad max 2 gallipoli um Mm -hmm. he wasn't in the light horseman no that was someone else um yeah star making Steve Beasley. Still on Who's TV. Steve, so Steve Beasley's Goose, isn't it? Goose, who is yeah. he yeah. in Australia? Like, who does he become in, uh, in the world? He's, like? I don't think he's even in any other feature films. He's more just a TV star. So he, okay. he always plays a cop in, you know, 90s TV shows. I don't, I Police Rescue. Lately. Police mm-hmm. Rescue, yeah. Um, 
God, now, now I can picture him in that like tight shirt. Oh, he was um, was it the third producer on the on the third series of Frontline. He was the producer. Okay. Um, yeah, he's he's played a lot of cops. He's probably been on like Halifax. Um, yeah, Police Rescue. I haven't seen him lately though. Although I don't really watch a lot of TV lately, I'm yeah. sure he, I'm sure he's popped up and like stuff like Doctor Doctor. Not that I watch that. Yeah, he's just sort of one. Of, like that's that's always interesting for like um uh like the original Star Wars, like the amount of like the Imperials who who well actually even like uh, the sequels as well, the amount of like First Order people who just pop up on English TV as like yeah. detectives or bosses or yeah. you know. Um, Captain Kennedy, I keep seeing him on things like he was in Game of Thrones and he was in Chernobyl and all that, and and all the like the original guys were like you know they really ran that whole thing. So you've got like oh, what they were an Imperial officer and then they were a James Bond baddie and then they were a baddie in Indiana Jones and they just kind of just got passed around <laughs> these like Shakespearean actors just doing these little parts and then and then when they were old they ended up on Game of Thrones. You know that's yeah. just sort of the, the the trajectory or Harry Potter. Yeah, it's. It's funny, um, Star Wars Minute, they talk a lot about, um, yeah, those actors and a lot of them, yeah, being in Superman 2. Of course, Porkins being the – he's in Batman, the 1989 Batman. Yes. And he's someone – he's also, yeah, in Indiana Jones. He's he's the top man, isn't he? He's the the guy who shows up and, yeah. The um the other one as well is chances chances are if you played an imperial on in Star Wars you were probably also a baddie in Doctor Who at some point yeah. in the seventies and eighties like there's a big crossover there like they basically just probably went for one set kept the costume on went straight onto the other set <laughs> Doctor Who yeah yeah because the prequels well you know Attack of the Clones and Revenge of the Sith is of course spot the Australian you know, soap stars. Yes. yes, I didn't think about that, but yeah, you get the. I met me. Yeah, me and Matt were talking about that, like because that. Yeah, then I get completely lost because I'm like, oh, who are these wonderful actors who I've never seen before? And he's like, oh yeah, that person was the the boyfriend on this soap, and that was you know that person from Home and Away, and so yeah. I'm like, <laughs> and you've even got in the cutscenes like Claudia Carvan was um Padme's sister. In the Attack of the Clones yeah. cutscene, no way. I yeah. she's a great, that. she's a great actress, and yeah, like just got cut out. <laughs> yeah, like she's a fantastic actress, she, and she's a big name Australian actress, and yet yeah, yeah. tiny part and completely cut out. Amazing. It's it is weird the way that cat because like um, uh, if you look at like the making of uh, Aliens, obviously completely majority like American cast, but they were all. Um, and most of them were living in London at the time. Like that was how Cameron cast it. He was like, I need Americans who live in London when I'm filming this movie. And it was just like coincidence that there was just like this huge population of like American actors who'd like moved to London in the 80s to kind of get on the stage. And they end up getting cast as like grunts in in a big American blockbuster life. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, so I'll be watching those Australian um, actors for the the roles. Um, I am a bit bummed that Fury Road wasn't filmed here. It was planned to be, but mm. um, 
we had rain. So yeah. <laughs> it didn't look, look as dry as what it usually be, does. But, yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing the rest of it now. Yeah. I can look my fellow Australians in the face. <laughs> but watching it on your phone. like. Yeah. Oh, I, I have, I have ascended. I am the, I am, I will just watch anything. I watched The Irishman on my phone because I was on a, I was on a plane. See, Martin, I, yeah. I Martin Scorsese will hate you. <laughs> I know Martin Scorsese would kick my ass, but it was just like I, I can't was just do it. App. Hmm? I, I was just going to say I can't, I can't do it for a first viewing. Second viewing, third viewing, fine, but first viewing, well, it has to have that sort of impact. For me, the like The Irishman was sort of like I really wanted to go and see it in the cinema, but no one was showing it. And then I was flying to Perth to meet my, my, my wife had gone there for a conference and I was going to fly over and meet her. And I was just in the airport and I was like looking through and I was like, hey, what's on Netflix? I'll find like a, a TV show or something to watch. I was like, oh, The Irishman. Oh, let's just see what this looks like. And then got completely sucked into it and then had a four hour flight and just watched it for the entire flight. And, and, and all the way through was sort of like, shouldn't be doing this. Shouldn't be doing this. <laughs> but then couldn't put it down. I thought it was an amazing movie. Like, and I was just completely sucked in. Um, but yeah, usually my phone watching is like, if it's a movie, it's a, it's a second viewing or it's something I don't give a shit about, you know, it's like or a, a TV series or, TV or a TV show series, or, you know, whatever. Yeah. Like I've got Venom downloaded on my phone from Netflix. I'm like, I don't really care, but it might pass the time for, for a tram. It passes the time. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I, yeah, I did, I, I did I, watch that on a plane. I'll admit. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I, I watched that last week. Perfect. <laughs> they are the most perfect movies for plane watching because you're just like, if I fall asleep for an hour and wake up, I'll be fine. <laughs> hey, I'm sorry about Venom. <laughs> well, let me watch it on my phone. I'll tell you what it's like. That might be the yep. ideal way to watch it. <laughs> I thought it was watchable. <laughs> oh, yes. Okay. I'll take that. That'll do. That's about Just, all I've got to say about it. <laughs> look, um, the Fan the Furious, uh, Emily Lynn's podcast with Steve, who's been on, um, started as a Fast and Furious podcast, moved on to being a podcast about the movies of Vin Diesel, um, is going to become a Gerard Butler podcast, mm. but they've had a um, break and watched um, Venom. Their theory is that Venom is a romantic comedy with the romance between Eddie and Venom. Yeah. I, I so go with watch that. it from that view. Yeah. I, I, I recently started reading the Venom comics and you do kind of get a feeling. It's like, yeah, this is a love story between a man and his his symbiote. And <laughs> and Tom Hardy's it. great in it. Like, yeah. oh, Tom Hardy's great in everything. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Tom Hardy's just that actor who's just like I he gives he does not give a solitary shit and just does it. Whatever accent, whatever voice, whatever insanity he needs to do, just does it and always makes it work. Big fan. So I'm looking forward to him in three movies time. Yes. I I would have first seen him in Star Trek Nemesis. Same. Yep. Not great. <laughs> Where he did a dead on Jean Luc Picard. That's it. See, that's a movie, I read that somewhere, someone tweeted that, like, that would be really interesting to see that movie made now where they would have just, like, de-aged Patrick Stewart in the role. Yeah. That would have been pretty cool. But the movie was still terrible, so. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so it doesn't really matter. It's bad. So, Mad Max, 
it on. Um, <laughs> we've had a week. So we've, it's been May the 4th where we've had Bad Batch come out. Um, but just before that, Marvel dropped three minutes of unbelievable, unbelievable joy. Yeah, just, just out of the blue. machine, aren't they? Such a good hype machine. They just like you're tw- twenty six movies or twenty five movies in, and you're just like, yeah, I'm over this now. I'm out. MCU, I'm out. It's fine. It does its job, whatever. And then they do that, and you're like, oh, I can't stay <laughs> mad at you, MCU. I'll watch ten more movies. <laughs> and and it was amazing because it was yeah, welcome back to the cinema, and then they use. The you know in audience, someone on the phone recording the reaction to the portal scene mm. of on your left and the huge cheers, which was it wasn't that wasn't my cinema experience, but you you see that and you go, oh yeah, that was pretty good. Yeah, that was pretty good. That was actually close to our experience. Um, I did I did a midnight screening for that with about six other people and it was close to that. It was people standing up and cheering and, um, yeah, it was. I, I wonder if that guy who uh, shot that film on his phone, I wonder if he got paid or if at all. <laughs> yeah, maybe it was just a thing of Marvel. It's just like, we're going to take that footage and use it. Yes, and we're not we going to sue you. Yeah, we won't sue you. <laughs> That's how much you get paid. See, I, I saw um, Endgame. I was lucky enough to um, see the – I went to the press screening. Uh, which was like the night before the premiere or whatever. So I was with a load of journalists. So it was, they are quite bad. I, I see, I end up seeing all the MCU movies with this same group of people and all the time, they're just like, they're too good for it. But Endgame was interesting because there was a few other people in there scattered around. And I was one of them who kind of like, not so much the portal scene, like the portal scene, I was just like, <gasps> but the uh, Captain America picking up the, the hammer. That was a moment when I was just like, Oh yes, get it, Cap. You know, <laughs> come on. Like practically out of my seat, and Fiona, who's next to me, hadn't seen it. Infinity War, didn't really care. She was like, "Oh, that's good." <laughs> yeah, ex- I yeah, I wish I had a better cinema experience mm. for seeing that. But I had a like a badly behaved one, and there were kids behind me who were yeah. like five years old and a movie for five-year-olds in the cinema yeah 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 eight o'clock on a wednesday night what are you doing yeah that's school night no yeah so so that trailer dropped i think it was may the fourth our time so it would have been may the third it was our morning right early morning no it no it was like 11 o'clock the tuesday night Oh, that's yeah, right. No, it was one I, of you, yeah. either you two posted it. Yeah. 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 Yeah, that's true. Yeah. I, I think I was yeah. up with Gus and I saw it was like two o'clock and I was like, oh, do I watch this or am I not going to be able to get back to sleep? And I think I waited till the morning and I was like, oh, yeah, no, definitely. I would not have gone back to sleep. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I was, and I, I was wanting to go to sleep and then I saw it and yeah, I was up a little bit longer. <laughs> and then, yeah, I think I posted you guys, but I, also posted it to like other friends who were like, "Oh my god!" And I'm like, "Yeah, it's so full on, so many movies." Yeah. So 
like Black Widow is first cab off the rank in July. She's been shifted around a bit. God, yeah, yeah. she's her and like James Bond have just been yeah. the amount of times that movie's been like coming soon and then a date <laughs> and then the date's changed. <laughs> but yeah, that I'm looking forward to that. The cast of that I think is amazing. Like I didn't realise um Ray uh, Ray Winston was in it until one of the trailers. Um I think it's him. I didn't know that either. Oh, I think yeah, he's I think yeah. well, maybe I'm wrong. Because there's just like one scene where he's talking to the baddie. He's talking to the taskmaster, like the person in the suit. And I was like, oh shit, love Ray, Win- uh, Ray Winston. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe maybe I've just made that up. Maybe I've dreamt that. But yeah, um, but then Rachel Weisz and uh, David Harbour and, uh, David Harbour and um, Florence. Florence Pugh. Pugh. So yeah, no, I think it's going to be, I think it's going to be great. And um, yeah. Yeah. Then Shang-Chi in September. With Ronnie Chang. Yes. Oh, is he in it? <laughs> yes. Oh, yeah. wow. Yeah, that's that's going to be cool. I think that's... I think like a martial arts movie with a Marvel budget could be really, really cool. Like, really, yeah. really big and cool. As long as they don't over-CGI it. I think, like, you know, the, the, the fight at the end of Black Panther, where it just kind of descends into cartoon nonsense. Like, if they can keep... If they can avoid that, brilliant. That's, you know, the problem with all superhero movies is that third act big fight. Hmm. Like yeah, like DC- Wonder, Wonder Woman. Like yeah. that yeah, third the Wonder- act of Wonder Woman. Wonder Woman is, yeah, like especially the first one is was that CGI fight at the end was, yeah, not good. So Shang-Chi I think was filmed partly in Sydney as well. Oh, cool. Um, and I think... I think I read somewhere that um, Marvel Studios is moving to Fox Studios in Sydney, like as well. So there's going to be more Marvel in Sydney. Excellent. And a friend of a friend was an extra on Shang Chi as well. So we need to uh, find out more. (laughs) It's probably NDAs involved, but yeah. Yes. Yes, I would. I would say so. Looks good. Um, Yeah, but that looks fantastic. After me. on the Wednesday, for I you know four classes that day, and then I had a couple of you know I might have been like oh sorry it was yeah the Monday night it it dropped and then yeah that Tuesday and there were a couple of classes like I had a, a few minutes left to go I'm like did you all see that thing that Marvel dropped and they went <laughs> what thing I went ah. <laughs> play and yeah yeah they were loving you know all the lead up and then they're like the titles 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 like, really excited and yeah shang chi very much excited my students cool so yeah that'll be really good and and yeah obviously a, a um, name that we're not familiar with so they're starting this phase four and really kick-starting um you know, new heroes, which is fantastic. So Eternals then in November 2021. Um, I know nothing which, about yeah, that. But... I know nothing. Angelina Jolie, though. Yeah, Angelina oh, Jolie on. for $25 million, apparently, they, is how much they paid her for that. I think it's completely insane that, because like, I, I don't know the characters that well. I did try and read one of their comics, but it was a bit, I just 
yeah, didn't do it for me. But Chloe Zhao doing like directing it is just completely. Have you seen Nomadland? Not no. yet. No. It's it, it's so strange to watch Nomadland and think her next movie is like a big budget like team MCU movie. Like I can't I can't put the two things together in my head. Like it could be. I don't know. I, like from the footage we've seen, we've seen nothing for pretty much. But the cast is next level. Like some of the people, like every when you look at that cast list, it's just one of those ones where you're like, "Oh, that person!" Oh my! I just every single list is like, "Oh my god, that person, that person, that person, that person!" You know, all the way down. It's a complete um, uh, mystery to me. Like it's it's a real like Shang Chi. I know that character, but this one's going to be a complete. No idea. No idea how it's... Yeah. I don't even know how it's going to tie into the other stuff. And mm. and that's great. Like, I'm I'm all in now Marvel. And Marvel, in, especially in terms of casting, they've... I don't think they've ever put a foot wrong. Like... No. They've, everything's cast so well. And, and now they have big names knocking on the door almost saying, oh, can I be in a Marvel movie? Hmm. And and because I think, because there was that sort of period, if you look at like phase, like the phase one, well, maybe more, more phase one, you've got a lot of actors who, uh, you know, like Tommy Lee Jones and Anthony Hopkins and stuff like that, where you get the feeling that their agent has said, just take the, pay, take the paycheck, do the movie. It'll introduce you to a whole new younger audience and all that. So you see quite a lot of that at the start where there are like actors you feel like not 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 that they're doing it begrudgingly, but they're sort of like, you know, they've just been given the role or whatever. Yeah. Um, and then but now you're starting to see people really you get the feeling people are really kind of they're very just sending their agents out, get me an MCU movie, get me some part in something like yeah. which is cool. Yeah. Well it's funny, the last day or so they've um you know remembering back to when they first cast Thor and they've had these articles of all these unknown actors. Yeah. You know, what's Kenneth Brunner doing casting these unknown people? Yeah. Chris Hemsworth and Tom (laughs) Hiddleston. Yeah. Yeah, just absolutely incredible. I remember it was like Chris Hemsworth and it was like the only part that they could talk about for him was he played um, Captain Kirk's dad. You know, yeah. in the opening scene of the Star Trek movie, and I was like, I don't even remember that scene that well. And then now, if you watch it, you're like, oh shit, Thor! <laughs> that's yeah. awesome. They must have watched a lot of Home and Away or something. Yeah, yeah that's it. <laughs> Casting and director. Dancing with the Stars. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, even getting Kenneth Branagh to direct, I remember at the time going, Kenneth Branagh. Yeah. But mm. then when you watch Thor, you go, oh yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah, makes perfect sense. Yeah, yeah. Um, so they're the ones that we got little clips of, and then we get into the ones where they just were putting up logos. Yes, logos <laughs> yes. like Spider Man, December twenty twenty one. Excellent. Can't wait for that. I feel yeah. like that trilogy's come ac- come around so fast. Like it's amazing. Mm. I feel like I watched the Spider the I feel like I watched the one last year, but obviously nothing was released last year. But I really liked Far From Home. I thought Far From Home was brilliant. So I'm really looking forward to this. Well, you know, today was the anniversary of Tom Holland's umbrella dance. So <laughs> <laughs> and that was like twenty seventeen and that was um yeah, when Homecoming 
came out. Oh shit! So they have been doing them like one every two years. God, that is that is a good. That's, yeah. that's Star Wars. That's sequel time. That's sequel speed. Marvel knows what they're doing. You know, they've got know. the whiteboard and the red yeah. string. Yeah. It's a production well, yeah. line. Yeah. No Way Home are having, like, Alfred Molina coming back and all that and um, the possibility of, like, the other Spider-Man from the other movies being in it. And But then I guess it's that thing of I, I got caught up with this as WandaVision. I got caught up in the Boomer Mill and then ended up being like, oh, well, why didn't this happen? Why didn't that happen? And then Falcon the Winter Soldier was like, don't read anything, don't watch anything, just watch the show. Enjoyed it a lot more. But like, yeah, the Spider-Man rumors are so prevalent that you kind of like, you get yourself, you feel like you've been promised something that you were never promised. So I'm trying to just push them into the back of my mind and just forget it. you got to get off Reddit, Sean. you got to get off Reddit. <laughs> I know, but I like to watch videos of people hurting themselves. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, with with Spider-Man, I mean, in some ways we should just be going, thank you for happening because because the whole Sony Disney situation yeah, of course, yeah. Yeah, is is fraught. Fraught. Um, then Doctor Strange in March twenty twenty two. So we'll see a continuation of Wanda's story in that. Mm. Um, Thor, Love and Thunder. Currently being filmed in Sydney, May twenty twenty two. Cannot wait. That's just going to be. That's the one. That's yep. the one. Like that, Christian Bale again to go all comic booky. Christian Bale, the character he's playing is one of the best villains I've ever seen. Anything and that run of comics where he's the baddie are just incredible. But then the idea of having him and then Natalie Portman as Thor and then Russell Crowe as the character he's playing. And just like, there's just so much cool stuff. And I just, uh, I can't wait. This is going to be amazing. That's an insane cast. You think, okay, Christian Bale, has he won an Oscar? Yes. Yep. Russell Crowe, won an Oscar. Yeah. Natalie Portman, won an Oscar. Poor old Chris Hemsworth. We've got to get him an Oscar now. <laughs> or, yeah. I wonder um, if he'll do like a, a gritty film down the track, like a some sort of Oscar-worthy film. He has to like lose all the weight, like lose all the muscle and play like a crackhead yeah. or something, and that'll be the one. They're like Christian Bale did. What was that Christian Bale film? The Machinist. Oh, the Machinist. Yeah. Oh, the Machinist. That was yeah. Ridiculous. Yeah. It's, that was... It's wrecked his body though. That was because he also, like, he fattened, got yeah super skinny. Then he had to bulk up for Batman. Yeah. And then of course he put all the, all this weight on for when he was playing um Dick Cheney. He has wrecked yes. his metabolism. He has said, hasn't he? Like after the Dick, because the Dick Cheney one. That movie, I didn't see it, but apparently it wasn't very good and he didn't win the Oscar for it, which I assumed he was going to win it um, just based on that transformation or whatever. But then after that, he gave an into and he said, he's done doing that. He's like, I just want to just look the way I look. <laughs> I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm, I can't do that anymore. <laughs> can't argue with that. <laughs> yeah, fair enough, mate. Well, you know, they've done um, studies on contestants of The Biggest Loser, like in America, because mm. enough time has passed now that they can look at the long-term effects and they've gone, yeah, they've completely wrecked their metabolism from that rapid weight loss. They've slowed their metabolism down so much that, yeah, yeah they've they've really wrecked themselves. So, yeah. yeah. Don't be doing it, not even for Oscars. Um but yeah, Thor, Thor, myself, like I, I would say that I've bonded with my kids 
over mm. Marvel more than Star Wars. Shock horror. Yeah. Um, and as, and my family, like my wife as well, watches them all as well. So as a family, we're, we're watching Marvel movies. And, and I would say that's our go-to film is with Thor Ragnarok. So yeah. the next Thor film is going to be very, yeah, very much look forward to in this household. Yeah. Ugh, Ragnarok's, Ragnarok's amazing. Just again, yeah. um, uh, uh, what's her name? I've completely forgotten the name of her. Who plays the villain in that? Um, oh, Kate Blanchett. Oh, Kate Blanchett. Yeah. Two Oscars. Yeah. <laughs> Poor old Chris Hemsworth. Um, <laughs> but Tyker finally got Thor or finally understood what Chris Hemsworth as Thor brings to the table, which is hmm. comedy yeah. and timing. Mm. And, and yeah, come on, the scene where he's talking about, you know, Loki, I, I picked up the snake because yeah. Loki knows I admire snakes. And I was looking at him and then, oh, you know. Like, Genius. Yeah. And that, that was such what, a fun cinema experience of just people just pissing themselves laughing the entire film. Yeah. It's great. Mm. Yeah. Like Chris Hemsworth in the Ghostbusters movie is he's great. <laughs> yeah. Well, he's you know, huge and it's yeah. funny because <laughs> he's like massive and gorgeous but also incredibly... It got incredible good com- comedy, uh, comic timing, like you say. He's yeah. just on it. Yeah, I was, you know, watching a Graham Norton interview with, um, like Leslie Jones, um, Kristen Hig, uh, you know, the, the women from Ghostbusters, and they're like, "Yeah, he can do everything. It's really annoying." <laughs> yeah, that's insane. And then. The one that I think really got everyone's attention was Black Panther, Wakanda Forever, mm. July 2022. Mm. Yeah. A, well, they're not going to recast T'Challa. No. Apparently is what I heard. And I'm always pro-recasting. Like I was even like they should recast Princess Leia for Rise of Skywalker. Um, but no one agrees. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know what they're going to do with it. I, I, it's not a needle I would like to be the one to have to thread because I don't know if they're going to introduce a new character to take the role or they're going to make Shuri the Black Panther, which is what happens in the comics or what. But I'm intrigued. I think that's a world we want to go back to. It's just a shame that yeah. uh, Chadwick Boseman's not going to be there, um, which yeah, which which sucks. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm intrigued to see what happens with that because Brian Coogler is amazing. So... And there was nothing filmed for that prior to his death, right? No. There was nothing. No. And no. I, I'm I'm not even sure, because it was so secretive, like his illness and all that. I'm not even sure how much, like, Ryan Coogler knew when they started, like, writing the script. Because like, I think the because I remember them talking about writing the script, and I'm not sure how much he knew in terms of uh, how far along Bozeman's illness was or anything like that. Because it does seem to be that, you know, he wasn't sick as far as anyone knew, except for like his very close family. And then that was it. And it's, it's quite weird to watch. Someone shared something, something on YouTube and it's like an old, um, like press conference with like, uh, after like infinity war end game and Bozeman starts falling asleep in his chair and Paul Bettany leans over and like gives him a bit of a nudge and says to him like, Oh, are you okay? And he's like, yeah, yeah, yeah I'm, I'm fine. And it's just like, everyone was like, Oh, you know, they must be really tired from doing all the press tour and everything. And you're like, no, no, he's, he's got cancer like he's, he's yeah. dying he's, he's currently dying like but just completely kept it to himself it's absolutely incredible yeah 
And I think that's, and he was so young, like, yeah. you know, it's, yeah, I think that's the part that is shattering for for people around the world, but also it's that the movie makers wouldn't be prepared to to touch him just yet because he made such an impact. Mm. Yeah. I mean, yeah, we'll, we'll, I'm, I'm, I have no doubt in my mind they will do something to sort of like honor his memory and keep the thing going, but we'll see. We'll just see what happens. Yeah. Then The Marvels, November 2022. Brilliant. Captain Marvel. Captain Marvel and Ms. Marvel and Photon. And Monica. Yes. Yeah. Rambo. Yeah. yeah. The... Rambo movie. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Proton. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. So that's uh, yay. Um, and then we're getting into 2023 with Ant Man in February, and then Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Three in May. So, this is surprised how much I'm looking forward to an Ant Man movie. I was a bit sort of the first one. I was a bit like whatever, and then the second one I really enjoyed, and then now I'm just like, once you get to a point where the movie's called Ant Man and the Wasp: Quantum Mania, I'm like. Give it. I want that. <laughs> yeah. I need to know what that is. And the baddies Kang the Conqueror, who's like a whole character I never thought I'd see on the big screen. So yeah. Great. You know, Marvel that they're, they're having big swings now. Hmm. I mean, Iron Man that started it all wasn't your top tier character. But they they made it and they built and they built. Mm. And now they're prepared to just putting everyone, even people you don't know, because people are prepared to go, okay, Marvel movie, I'll go along and learn who um, the Eternals are. Yeah. Mm. Oh, uh, the idea of when Iron Man came out, the idea that eventually I would see a movie where Christian Bale, who at that point obviously was Batman, that Christian yeah. Bale would be playing Gore the God Butcher. <laughs> um, was completely, you know, complete absurdity. I was like, oh, okay, they'll make a couple of these movies and it'll be a bit of... like Even the idea of, like, the Avengers as as a movie. Like, oh, my God, they're going to have, like, these four big actors in one movie? Get out of it. That's crazy talk. And then to see how that's progressed has just been amazing. And then, like you say, to be at this point now where, um, like, the, yeah, the Eternals, Shang-Chi is, is quite a wild one. Um, but, yeah, brilliant. And... And Guardians of the Galaxy 3, bring it on. Now that James Gunn's back, yeah, let's do it. You, you kind of wonder if they're going to do anything with Hulk. Like, I think the Hulk was the only sort of misstep in the whole thing. But they've 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 sort of done really well with Hulk in the Avengers. And, and mm. so you kind of wonder what where they're going to take Hulk. Hulk is one of these strange rights, one that's owned by another studio, so ah. they can only use him in... Like other people's movies, he they cannot make a solo Hulk movie, but they can use him in like Avengers or Thor or whatever. Right, that's why. And how did they make the, the? They didn't. They didn't. Right. Basically, no, right, it was right, right. already being made. Is it Universal or only, something? Or, yeah, yeah. Universal was only released a little while later, and that end of credit scene was tacked on once. They'd made Iron Man and Iron Man was a success. And they went, mm. oh, can we do this? And they filmed that then. 
that makes a lot of sense because it's always because yeah. obviously all the EU movies are like only on um, Disney Plus now, but the Hulk is still on Stan or, or you know, the yeah. Incredible Hulk. Yeah. And I think the I think the Spider Man movies as well. But like it was always weird. I was like, why can't I just always watch the Incredible Hulk, no matter what streaming service I have? It's the one of them I don't want to watch, but it's the only <laughs> one I have access to all the time. Um, okay, that's cool. I didn't know that. But I think that's that's works because they just kind of bring him in as like, okay, bring him into Ragnarok, bring him into the Avengers movies, put him in. He's going to be in the She Hulk series, I, I think. Mark Ruffalo. Yeah. yeah. So, well, oh, a Mark Ruffalo is great. <laughs> I've got a sweet spot for Mark Ruffalo. Oh yeah. yeah. He's great. Yeah, but you know, Marvel won us with a three it trailer and then somehow that got our hopes up for may the 4th <laughs> that we'd have announcements um i've learned no. not to get to get my hopes up at all i assume nothing no. i assume we're getting nothing yeah <laughs> yeah thanks yeah, a safe place to be but we got new bad batch uh two episodes this week hmm. um Generally, what were your thoughts? I um, I wasn't too interested in the season seven arc of Bad Batch at all. I didn't connect with it. No. I didn't care too much. But I found myself really into this. It, I actually cared, and then you know, I, I want to watch more. So, uh, I think watching season seven, I was like, let's get through to the to the to the next arc quickly. Yeah. But now I'm like, no, I'm, I'm invested. So. I think generally, um, yeah, it's great to sit down with the boys and watch that on a Friday night. It's a nice ritual. And I, I think that ritual is going to continue for quite some time on Disney Plus for the next <laughs> many years. Months yes. and months and months, mate. Uh... Content. And, and Loki's coming to Wednesdays. Yes. Because huh. it had been, yeah, to be released Friday, but but yeah. Loki blinked. Um, and move to Wednesday, so it looks like Star Wars releases are staying on the Fridays. Mm, okay. So will we get them in Australia Tuesdays, Wednesdays? No, it'll be, yeah, that Wednesday midnight, or like that uh, LA time. Yeah. So it'll be our... Like 6 p.m. on a Wednesday? 5, five o'clock currently, 6 o'clock for a few weeks, and then... Daylight, Daylight savings, savings kicking, it'll be seven. Yeah. Okay. That's cool. Either way, perfect viewing times. Yeah, great. Um, yeah, Bad Batch. Um, it, it, I am, I've become such a huge fan of um, Order 66. Like, they have really looked at, <laughs> looked at the prequels and been like, what is the one thing that they impeccably did well? And it's that. And then they were like, right, Jedi Fallen Order, you're going to have a level where you play Order 66. Um, Clone Wars Season 7 is going to have a big part of it. This is going to have it. And it's it's amazing to watch because anytime you're watching anything with the clones, it's like there's a ticking clock of just like, when is that going to happen? You know, it's like a horror movie. Mm. Like when you play Jedi Fallen Order, you have like training levels where you flash back to when you were a Padawan. And then there's one level where you're sort of like talking to the clones and you're talking to your master and so on. And then you just hear like like a hologram, a hologram, 
and then it's just like execute order 60 and the next minute you're fighting all the clones and i just think it's it's so good that they keep going back to that well to just show you that one horrific moment from all these different points of view and you're just constantly the first episode of bad batch had that real horror movie vibe to it the whole way through of just like these dudes suddenly surrounded by enemies and the the noose just closing on them and crosshair going a little bit loopy and all that so yeah i loved it i thought it was great i'm, I'm a little bit concerned that it's going like the, the, the they've gone back to like the reluctant father well in the second yeah. episode mm. like they're going back to baby yoda and mando and i'm like mm, i yeah. think we've we've done that plot line on that but I, I like I like what it's doing. I like the idea of these four dudes, or yeah, four dudes and the kid just on the run. Yeah, I think it's I think it's got legs. You mentioned Order sixty six, and you think back to when you saw Revenge of the Sith at the cinemas, hmm. and you thought that was the best bit of the whole movie. Well, it all came to that point, but in the yeah. film, not much happened, and and you wanted more of that. And now we're getting it. It actually yeah. it completes it all. Like oh yeah, it's I fantastic. Yeah. Like, yeah, like the confusion from yeah the bad batch of what are they doing? Like mm. why and and then even when they get back to Camino, how the regs have were acting differently. You know, they didn't like them before, but yeah, they they're acting differently, and and so we're getting a bit more of this inhibitor chip story. Um, finding out a bit more about it. Um, so in the latest episode, they went and met up with the deserter. Hmm. Cut. I, am I allowed to say this? I don't like Omega. Fair enough. I, th- I feel like I'm the only person on the internet who's like, because the rest of the internet are like defender at all costs. So I'm like. Meh. <laughs> what ifs? Yeah, I guess like the if we've been. I guess like, that was the thing. Like me and me and Matt were talking about this because I said he was like, "Oh, what do you think of Bad Batch?" I was like, "Oh, it's quite interesting that they're going down the reluctant father route again." And he was like, "Interesting," or and then in quote marks, "interesting." I was like, "Oh no, the <laughs> second one." Like I don't like it. <laughs> it's it's yeah. like I've I've seen it done with I've seen the Baby Yoda plot and it's great but I don't need to then see another kind of like warrior get his heart warmed by a child. I'm done. I've, I've, I've had that. I'm good. Um, so I'm hoping there's more to it. I hope there's, like obviously there's mad speculation about what she's going to turn out to be. And I'm, I'm really hoping that it, I feel like there is going to be something that ties into the, the bigger Palpatine plot maybe, but who knows? I wanted to do something more though. Cute yeah. kid only takes you so far. I I really enjoyed that first 70 minute or 75 minute movie. Mm. Yeah, it was really good. But so I think then that ordinary episode as it was, it would always be a drop for me, but um how did how did the bad batches know the deserter and knowing well enough that the kids are calling them Uncle Wrecker. Mm. So been there more than once, you know, yeah. I, what What are the chances in this enormous universe that they've run into cut accidentally? Yeah, because he's only been in one episode of the Clone Wars. Yeah, season two somewhere. Hmm. 
So yeah. there's got to be more to it than that. Like, the, yeah, I, I don't know. Um, that many clones just happening to know each other like that. I don't, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's true. We'll find out. There's, there's 14 more episodes. True. <laughs> um, yeah, I found, I found it interesting. The, my first thought with Omega when they land on, um, what's it called? Sal- can't pronounce I, it. No, I don't not know. sure. Couldn't, couldn't do it. Salutramai, sal- sal- whatever. Yeah. And she is amazed at the dirt, right? And she's yeah. looking at awe at the dirt. And the first thing you think of is Ray, obviously, like Ray mm. landing on there. And, and then my first thought was, oh, no, she's, Ray, she's Ray's mother. And I went, oh, no, <laughs> don't go there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I don't think she is, by the way, but that was my first thought. And I thought, oh, no, there's going to be so many theories about this and, and who yeah, is she that's... and how relevant is she. But, yeah, we'll, we'll see. <laughs> yeah. I I want her to be like a, an offshoot of, of Fett. Hmm. I, I, I don't want her to be a, a Palpatine or a theory I heard today was um, an Obi-Wan. Um, yeah. Yeah, apparently, like during the fight, no. he could have shed some blood. No, no, I, no. I just want her to be a fit. Um, you know, using because obviously an X and a Y chromosome, but using two of the X's that that Django has to make a female. Maybe I don't know, but so yeah, just a fit clone. Yeah. So, um, do you think we'll see a? a- Boba Fett Omega episode where they bump into each other. <laughs> oh. I don't know. That, yeah, that'd be good if... Isn't he at this point? I keep forgetting that. Yeah. 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 But have we, probably... have we been to the Boba Fett cameo well too many times as well? Like, <laughs> is that going to be the thing in all Star Wars things? Like, right, cute kid, reluctant father, Boba Fett. <laughs> <laughs> Done. Yeah, it... It does make sense for clones to run into Boba Fett at some stage. If they're clearing up loose ends, like if Filoni's like, okay, this is, you know, it's a spin-off, but really it's like season eight of Clone Wars or whatever, then we the the Cad Bane there's always that there's that, that unmade episode where Boba Fett confronts Cad Bane and they have a shootout, and that's always been one we'd like we've wanted to see. So if they could find a way to shoehorn that in, give it to me. I want to see Cad Bane get his ending or, or something like that. Because they might as... I said, they've got 14 episodes. What, I don't know what the end game of Bad Batch is. Like, I assume it's it's only going to be one season, but where is it going to get to? Which is exciting. Like, is it going to get to... Is the ending going to be when the Empire were like, okay, we need to decommission all the clones and they just wipe them all out? Or I don't know. Are they going to... I don't know. It's, it's exciting because there's no real sense of like what's going to happen next, which I find really exciting. Um, but yeah, so if there's definitely no, if this is it, Filoni needs to be tying up loose ends. So yeah, get some of them. Yeah. I mean, seeing Saw Guerrera hmm. was good. Um, yeah. So we're definitely seeing a lot of people. Like say we've seen Saw, we've seen Tarkin and Kanan in that yeah. first episode. Mm. Um, so yeah, definitely more cameos than the Mandalorian. <laughs> Do you think we'll see Kanan again or Caleb? 
in in the bad batch that is i don't think it so, seemed cause... crazy not to but they've sort of planted the seed i, I think he's got to just stay like because if he kind of meets up with them and like forgives them or something he as a grown-up he hates the clones doesn't he so i think there has mm. to be yeah i don't think we'll see him again i think he has to just keep keep hold of that um hatred of them and that yeah i think that's him i think that's him done yeah because I've only watched Rebels the once through, so I can't remember. But yeah, I don't. He, yeah, didn't like or didn't trust Rex or the rest of the clones yeah. to begin with. But I don't think he fully understood what had happened either. No, they, I think they explained the chip to him and, and that sort of. Yeah. Um, actually, again, Rex. Rex got mentioned in the last episode, didn't he? The cut yeah. say that Rex had just passed through. So I guess yes. that's. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That must be just after the. Ahsoka arc is over. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. I mean, Ahsoka could make a cameo. Maybe. Yeah. Maul, Maul could. <laughs> Let's do it. Let's just <laughs> bring them all back. Yeah. Cad Bane. I want Cad Bane. Yeah. Um, Hondo. Come on. They, yeah, they'll usually find an excuse to get a Hondo in there. I, I did sort of, I know one of the rumors before the whole thing started was going to be that the Bad Batch were the ones who um, smuggled Grogu out of the temple. I know that was like a big plot line. I was like, oh God, that's that's entering into like a weird like cameo black hole, isn't it? If it's like <laughs> you bring Baby Yoda into it again. But yeah, I'm quite glad. I'm quite glad that didn't yeah. happen. Yeah. Um, but also because we don't know what happened in the, what, 20 to 30 years between Order 66 and Dinjarin finding Grogu, yeah, they've left that open to explore hmm. in something else That's coming it. to Disney+. Plus. <laughs> exactly. But, yeah, yeah. no, it's, it's cool. I think the show's got a lot of um, – I like the sort of – I, I think – the A-team sort of vibe is quite cool. I like that they've got Echo on the team as someone who isn't just like a one thing character. You know, because yeah. Wrecker's quite annoying and Tech's quite annoying and all that. Um, oh, with they're just like, they've just tech. got that one that <laughs> one thing that they've got, whereas Echo is like, no, I'm, I'm I, you know, I'm not enhanced in any way. I'm just, I've got this cool robot arm and I was dead. <laughs> and now I'm not dead. Um, so yeah, I, li- I like that character a lot. Um, but yeah, it's, it's going to be intriguing. It's going to be, is it, is it going to be like, is the assumption that they're all dead <laughs> in 14 episodes? Are they all going to get wiped out in a blaze of glory or what? But who knows? Who knows? Yeah. Yeah. So it'll, it'll be fun. Um, mm. One way or another. Yeah. So yes, I've got my homework now. Mad Max. Two? Or the, road, um, the road, warrior, road Warrior, whatever you want to call it. <laughs> yeah, because it was called that basically as a, almost like a reboot, wasn't it? It's, I feel like I it's thought it was the American like, title. Yeah, I think it's, I'm not sure. I thought sure it was actually. just the American title. <laughs> I've seen it called okay. Mad Max 2, and I've seen it called The Road Warrior, and I've seen it called Mad Max 2, The Road Warrior. Yeah. But I'm pretty sure the Road Warrior was the American title originally. Yeah. That would make sense. Yeah. Yeah, it just looks well, like Mad Max 2 here. 
Well, thank you both for coming on. Um, Turbo, do you have anything you want to plug? I don't have a podcast or anything. I occasionally appear on some, but <laughs> and thank you for inviting me. Um, no, no, nothing to plug. If you want to follow me on Twitter, it's Turbo1975. And that's, that's about it. Sean, when can people find you? Yep, so we and are... what have you got coming up? Thank you. So we are uh, Blue Bantha Milk Co., me and uh, Matt, who's not here. And we have... Uh, so we're on YouTube, and we have two things coming up. We have um, our friend Chris at the Boraxium podcast is uh, playing Lando Calrissian in the Calrissian Chronicles written by Artificial Intelligence. <laughs> so um, basically, he's he, he does a very, very good <laughs> Lando Calrissian impression, and he's got a costume. And he's going to, we're going to, we're going to get an AI to write the Calvisian Chronicles and he's going to recite them from a comfy armchair with a glass of wine. And he doesn't a hundred percent know what exactly he's going to be saying before he says it. So we'll see how that plays out. <laughs> um, and also we've got a feature length one coming up. We um, are doing, so we've already done written by AI. We've done episode 10, uh, A New Light Rises, and we've done Solo 2. And now we're doing episode 2.5, which is called um, The Senator and the Jedi. And it's sort of um, a romantic comedy with uh, Padme and Anakin trying to have a honeymoon on Canto Bite. Well, actually, no, I'm saying this plot line. We haven't kind of even kind of established this yet. Uh, But they're trying to have a honeymoon on a planet. But that planet's also under siege from the uh, during the Clone Wars. So they've got to kind of like have the honeymoon, but also stay away from like Obi-Wan Kenobi and so on. So it's going to be very stupid and funny. So yeah, they're, they're upcoming. That's what we're working on at the moment. They are hilarious. <laughs> a lot of fun. Yep. Uh, bed sand. Bed sand, yes. It's um, in canon. <laughs> it is. Lots of lots of very, and, and interesting, like if it's going to be the close, there was a whole weird thing in Solo 2 where Boba Fett kept eating chicken. Um, fried chicken fried. then Boba Fett obviously is all the clones come from Boba Fett so we're intrigued to see how much chicken gets eaten by the million strong clone army so we'll see how that plays out but yeah we're just going to start putting that into the AI soon and uh, hopefully we'll have that out in a month or two all I hope is that for just one little bit in Book of Boba Fett Tim Morrison is just eating chicken oh my god it would just that's, be amazing that's all I want I don't, yeah. I don't know what I'd do about that. It would just be amazing. Space chicken. Space chicken. Yep. Brilliant. Pork. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, you can find me, That Geek Pod, on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. And you can also follow me at Catherine underscore Neen on Twitter. So, yes, join me there for Cassie and Andor Countdown. Different gif every day. I think that's the first time you mentioned Cassian tonight. It is. I, I showed a lot of restraint. <laughs> you did. Showed a lot of restraint. They're Look, I was, I was getting over not no official set mm. photos or anything from Andor for May the Fourth. <laughs> you got leaked. On. You got some leaked ones. But... Yeah. Yes. You look so yes, young. Which, don't you? You look um, so young on those pictures. Had, Strange. Yeah, like Blackpool. Blackpool. It's amazing. It's just like <laughs> literally when my when my family lived in Preston, we used to go to Blackpool for the day, and 
it's it's amazing. Just it's just up the road from me. Oh my god, absolutely incredible. Blackpool. Ah, wow. Well. Yeah. But yeah, if I was back in England, I yeah. could have gone. Nah, uh, yeah. <laughs> I'm worth thinking about. No, that geek pod will return. <laughs>